0: Bismillah rahman Continuing with the discussion of the third aspect in this book, Four Actions to Require the Friendship of Allah Ta'ala. The third aspect was guarding the gaze. So that mentioned that dear friends practice on this prescription of abstaining from lustful glances and see the effects for yourself. The heart will experience such sweetness of Iman that as a result the value for the kingdoms of the seven continents will perish from one's heart. Lama Abu qasim Kusheri, Rahimahullah, writes in Bisala Kusheriya that by the injunction of guarding the gaze, Allah Ta'ala has taken away the pleasure of the eyes. But in return, he has granted the non-perishable sweetness of Iman. This is referring to the Hadith Sharif, the Hadith Qudsi, which was already discussed, that the person who forsakes a haram glance out of the fear of Allah, the Hadith Qudsi Allah Tara says, bihi imanan, biha imanan yajidu fi qalbihi. In place, I will give him such sweetness of Iman, that he will taste it in his heart, he will feel it, he will perceive it. So this is what is being referred to here, that the deceptive pleasure of the gaze has been taken away, but in return, Allah has given the non-perishable sweetness of Iman. Mullah Ali Qari, Rahmatullah writes, that it has been narrated that once the sweetness of Iman enters the heart, it never leaves it. It has been narrated that once the sweetness of Iman enters the heart, it never leaves it. Mullah Ali Qari Rahmatullah Ali further comments upon the statement and declares, فَفِيهِ Isharatun إِلَىٰ بَشَارَةِ حُسْنِ الْخَاتِمَةِ That in this is the indication towards the glad tidings of death upon Iman. That if Allah Ta'ala has blessed somebody with the sweetness of Iman, halawate Qalbi, Halawati Imani, So this, Allah Ta'ala gives such a great nama to somebody, then Allah Ta'ala won't take it back. What this is indicating is that Inshallah, such a person who has been saving himself from casting haram glances, looking around, and as a result he took that pain on his heart, but Allah will bless him with the sweetness of Iman, this is an indication inshallah he will be blessed with death on Iman. This is no small thing, it's a very very major thing. The reason for this is obvious since when Iman will never leave the heart after having entered, death will come upon Iman. Thus protecting the gaze is a guarantee for death upon Iman. Friends, nowadays this great wealth of gaining death on Iman is being distributed in the bazaars, at airports and stations. This word distributed should not make us misunderstand. It does not mean like sometimes we hear something is being distributed so we decide to go and fetch it from there. This distributed means that if a person by chance happens to be in these environments, now he's traveling, he's going somewhere so this is where this opportunity is always unfortunately there, this is unfortunate in the sense that that the environment is unfortunately like this, but that negative has become an opportunity for him to turn it to his positive. What is the reality out there is very very tragic, but it is his opportunity now to turn this tragic situation into a great benefit for himself. How? By guarding his gaze protect the gaze in these places and gather the treasure of the sweetness of Iman. So was Hazard's words, he used to often encourage it in this way when people would now sometimes mention that this is becoming very difficult and it's a very, very challenging situation. So, Hazrat used to say it in these words, agar oriyani ki farawan, agar if there is Oryani, then there is Farawani of Halawat-e-Imani. Ager kasrat e hai, to far, Faraawati-Halawat-e-Imani hai. In other words, this shamelessness, if that shamelessness is carrying on out there, that's not something for you to fall into, obviously, but that has become an opportunity to increase the sweetness of Iman. So it's not that a person should wish for such a situation to be there. But it is there, it is unfortunately there. So now it's up to him to turn that into his positive. And every time he will guard his gaze, he will be increasing the sweetness of Iman in his heart. Hence acquire the guarantee of death upon Iman. Therefore I say that even these times, there is an excess of nudity and shamelessness, there is also an abundance of the sweetness of Iman. Protect the gaze and partake of the Halwa, the sweetmeats of Iman. So this was the third action, third action of protecting the gaze. Then the fourth action, protecting the heart. Together with protecting the gaze, it is also necessary to protect the heart. Some people protect the gaze of the eyes, but do not protect the gaze of the heart. This means that they protect the eyes from casting lustful glances, but they do not protect the heart from thinking of beautiful faces. By means of such thoughts and imaginations, they derive haram pleasure. One should understand well that this is also haram. And every haram pleasure, what we term as pleasure, the reality of it is it's just sugar-coated poison sugar-coated poison so that poison is sugar-coated so it's obvious if a person puts it on his tongue the initial reaction or the initial sensation is going to be the sweetness because it's the sugar that touches his tongue but that sugar will all dissolve on the tongue and by the time it gets to the throat the sugar is all dissolved so the throat now is already going to start burning with that poison. And by the time it gets to his stomach, his stomach is going to be on fire. Then that misery, that restlessness, then that sleep is gone. The person doesn't have any peace in his dunya and deen, the faraway matter. One is that there's no heart in amal. That is one, one level that the person's mind is no more, his heart is no more in his amal. It becomes a burden to perform his salah. It becomes a burden to make tilawat of the Quran Sharif. But that is still one level that is happening, but he's dragging himself and doing it. But then gradually, that amal itself starts falling away. That amal itself disappears. And person then just keeps making intentions. No, I need to get back. I need to start doing it again. First it will be the ma'amulat, the tilawat, the tasbihat, the zikr, dua these things will fall away first first these will fall away then it will start coming to something above that it never remains unless a person starts turning the tide things don't stop at a point if a person starts sliding and then he arrests that fall and he starts climbing again then Inshallah he'll progress but he doesn't make the effort to start climbing again it doesn't mean that he's fallen backwards a little, he'll remain at that point. Because this is a slide. Then that continues. Sometimes it goes very, very gradually. The person doesn't even realize that how far he's already gone. Because that gradual decline, if somebody now was on some high place and he just suddenly fell, he feels the pain of it immediately too. And he gets a shock, it jolts him. But now if he was gradually coming lower down, he doesn't even sense it initially. When he's almost hitting the ground, he wonders, hey, I was right up there, how it came, you know. So now this is what happens, and this becomes sometimes a gradual fall. person doesn't realize how he's falling, where he's falling. He just takes it for granted well, okay, one day I missed my Taz Bihar, so I'll cover up tomorrow. But that one day Taz Bihar got missed, what, what became the catalyst for that? Why got missed? One is a person was sick, he was extremely tired that day because he had a very, very hard day. So these can become valid reasons sometimes, though the emphasis is that at no time should it ever happen that a person has entirely missed his ma'mulad. Sometimes it happens a person is very sick, some extreme situation came up and he got very, very tired for that day and certain mamool of the night now he's. He cannot even keep his eyes open, so it becomes a little challenging. These things happen sometimes. Some situation came up, some emergency came up, he had to attend to that emergency, and something had to now be done quickly so his mamul got left. These things do happen. But none of these things are the issue. It wasn't any reason of this nature which has some, well, there is some leeway in it. So then the only thing that we then attributed is, we just say, no, I just felt lazy. I just felt lazy. Now the issue is that that laziness also came from somewhere. Just felt lazy, so where that laziness came from? MashaAllah, the person was doing something constantly, consistently. He was managing to do it daily in its time. Suddenly the laziness came, as explained, that sometimes it's really fatigue, tiredness, illness, all that's understood. But now suddenly laziness came from where? This also has an underlying issue. More often than not, that laziness is actually spiritual lethargy. It's spiritual lethargy, like a person becomes physically lethargic. Why he became physically lethargic? Sometimes a person overeats He overeats. Now everything is so overloaded he finds it an effort to just stand up now. He was sitting, to stand up becomes an effort, to walk becomes an effort. Until such time that he has now got over this heaviness within him, till then it becomes very difficult to just do simple things. And Lataji has set in. This overeating, it creates physical Lataji, overeating creates spiritual Lataji also. And likewise, sins create spiritual lataji. The person now was walking around, and now he didn't guard his gaze. Now that time came for his tilawat, there's no heart in the tilawat. Just feeling lazy. So now that becomes a thought in the mind, now I'm just feeling lazy. But that laziness came from somewhere also. And if that person came, now he had to walk through, and was going to work, and coming back from work, and. Throughout the time, he was taking that mujahada on his heart, guarding his gaze, saving his from sin. When he comes, he'll have even greater energy to get into his amal. Because that spirit of Iman would have been boosted throughout this time. Every time that he was trampling his nerves, that it was giving him a boost of Iman. Every time that he was guarding his gaze, that it seemed to break his heart, but that heart was getting filled with the sweetness of Iman. So now when his heart was now being boosted, the Iman in his heart was being boosted throughout the day and now he's got some maamulat of the night there's some tilawat to be made till, there's some tasbihat. forget tiredness of the day, the physical tiredness this boost of energy the boost of the Imani energy it overcomes the physical tiredness and despite the physical, he says this is where I'm going to get my comfort out of this will actually calm my heart and mind down all these whole days tension and everything, this will come right in the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. Allah بزكر الله تطمئن That itminan and the tranquility will come through the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. So he finds even more energy to do his amal. Forget about laziness. He becomes more energetic. So now this becomes the catalyst. This becomes the underlying issue, that a person now didn't guard his gaze, he didn't guard his tongue, he was just talking anything, making ghibah as a sinful talk, wasn't protecting his ears, wasn't protecting his heart, which we will read just now. So all these things start impacting on that spirit of Iman, now that lethargy sets in. Now when a person is lethargic, as mentioned now physically lethargic, he's feeling physically lethargic. It becomes an effort from sta- sitting position to stand up to He can not have any enthusiasm. Somebody says, no, we want to take a walk. He says, you carry on walking. I want to go sleep now. So this becomes a situation spiritually. So therefore the aspect was that it's not just that a, mat- a matter of that the person now, well, oh, it's just this haram pleasure a little bit no, no, it's far beyond that. It starts killing the spirit of iman and the drive for the good. So, by means of such thoughts and imagination, they derive haram pleasure. One should understand well that this is also haram. Allah Tala declares, "Ya la wa ma tufis sudur." Allah Tala knows the deception of the eyes and the secrets of the heart. This is a very close link between these two things, so therefore this is mentioned together, this is itself highlighting the situation, that Allah Ta'ala first says, al ayun The first aspect mentioned is the deception of the eyes, now sometimes, a person, he is not at that time, maybe casting some haram glance, but that haram glance that he got involved in, prior to that. So now because he's in company, because he came now, he's in the presence of his family, he's in the presence of others, he's sitting very, very innocently. But that which he deliberately did prior to that, that has already caused his heart to get involved in sin. Allah is saying, look, if you're going to misuse the gaze, your heart, this is going to be the impact. So The protection of the heart is in the protection of the gaze. And the heart is king after all. Allah Taala knows the deception, deception of the eyes and the secrets of the heart. Allah Taala is aware of the haram pleasure that you derive in your heart. When Buzruk states, "Choriya or sino ke raaz. hai or sino ke raaz. This is actually a poetic translation of the same ayat. The same ayat. The message that Allah Ta'ala has given us in this ayat this is a poetic translation of it that the glances that a person is stealing meaning the haram glances that he's stealing and the secrets of his heart Allah almost oh most independent you know all what's going on can't deceive you in any way everything is in front of Allah Ta'ala this chori so this one couple of alhamdulillah Hamdulillah, says, "Nazar ki ke sar par nahi hai The second line and then goes along with it, but this one line is the same word, "nazar ke meaning this thief. What thief? So one is a thief who goes and steals people's possessions. So this too is a kind of theft. Theft why? Because Allah said this is forbidden for you. Like other people's possessions are forbidden to us. We are not allowed to go and interfere in other people's possessions. So likewise, these are things Allah is very forbidden. This is not for you to touch. And now a person is still going in, grabbing from there. So this is a kind of theft. So this is what the message is. Nazar ke chor ke sar par nahi hai that the person who is Nazar Chor is stealing this what Allah has made forbidden. So he can never dream about the crown of wilayat on his head. The crown of the friendship of Allah. Because a thief, so a thief, how he's going to become Allah's friend? So, Nazar ke chor ke sarpar nahi hai taaja wilayat. This is the same message here. Choria anko ki or sino ke Janta e the deception of the eyes and the secrets of the heart. You are all aware, or oh the most independent one. It is not sinful if the previous sins come to mind. Rather, it is sinful to bring these thoughts to mind or to engage them. One is khial ana, a thought coming. And the other is khial lana. Yeah, Lana has two dimensions to it, two separate situations. One is a person, there was nothing in his mind and now he is bringing a thought. that is now bringing a thought. And the other is involuntarily some thought came. Now it came involuntarily. But now he started deliberately engaging it. This is also part of khayal lana because now this is deliberate. The first point of it was involuntary. He's not accountable for that. That won't harm his heart. But from the moment he became conscious of it, that what am I thinking about? Why am I thinking about this? This is wrong. And then he still carried on. He became conscious that this is not a good thought. This is a sinful thing. And he still continued, this is now part of the same Khial lana. So now, this becomes a very major problem for the person. It damages the heart, the spiritual heart. These evil thoughts, deliberately entertaining these kind of thoughts, it damages the heart, it harms it, it causes weakness to the heart, spiritual weakness. Like sometimes certain things, if a person has eaten it, so now those foods cause physical weakness. Person ate something now which was, so now created some kind of, now uh, his stomach is running, whatever, I this creates physical weakness. So likewise, these thoughts drain the nur of iman out. That nur from amal, that nur of the salah, the nur of tilawar, the nur of zikr. So now like a person ate some food, which didn't agree with him, which wasn't suitable for him and now it created a problem and he has a severe bout of running stomach after one hour, two hours now, he is feeling very drained and very weak and now he doesn't even have strength to walk properly. Why? Because he brought something into his system which should not have been there. He may not have eaten it deliberately, meaning realizing that this is going to harm him but it harms him because it's harmful. It's a harmful substance. So likewise, this thought of evil, these wrong thoughts, dirty thoughts—all this now, because when this came into the heart, it drains the noor, the noor of amal, the noor of the tilawat, the noor of zikr. All this noor now that was building up in the heart from the amal—all this noor is drained. So now, when the noor is drained, the spiritual heart becomes weak. Now it he becomes weak, like that person physically weak can't now start doing things physically. Somebody tells him, come here." a certain place, he you says, know, I can't come there. The Muslim is calling, come to the masjid, he says, no, I can't come now, I'm too weak. Spiritually, he can't answer the call of the Muslim. Somebody invited him for a meal, for a dawat now, but he says, no, I'm too weak now, I can't come to your place. Allah ta'ala is saying, come to my house. He says, no, no, I'm too weak now, I can't make it. He's not saying it in those words. But that is what the Qur'an Sharif is inviting him beside me, I just got no energy for it. Allah Ta'ala's zikr, he's got no energy for it. So where it came from? It came from this misuse of the heart. Allah Ta'ala's na'amat of the heart, this, these sinful thoughts, this then weakens that heart. However, when an evil thought comes, it is haram to thereafter entertain that thought by thinking further about it or to deliberately think of past sins and derive pleasure from it or to plot committing a sin in the future these aspects will incur the displeasure of allah taala another severe harm of thinking evil is that the desire to commit sins is intensified this is shaitan's trap person mashallah has made tawa from the, something that has happened is long gone but now shaitan will trigger the thoughts something or the other and then in a very very pious guise, in a guise of piety. In a guise of piety, that now the person will now, shaitan will get him engaged now deliberately thinking of it, but how? Astaghfirullah, what I used to do? Hawla wa quwata illa billah. But in the guise of that, but now he's beginning to actively get into it. One is that that thought came. But now immediately he recited istighfar, he renewed the istighfar and then turned the mind away. He didn't carry on thinking, that now inshallah he'll get the reward of Tawbah again. The reward of the istighfar will come again. But now this is, he is deliberately engaging himself in it, but now just saying astaghfirullah, how he did this too, astaghfirullah. But now that, what is the purpose there of going into that detail? That is Shaitan's way of now once again lighting the fire. Now he started thinking about it. So now the thoughts of all these things come back to mind. And then Shaitan, that's the bait. And in the meantime now he's gone, caught the bait, he got locked onto the hook. Now he wants to get back to it. So this is the way Shaitan drags a person back into sin. As a result there is a great danger that one will become physically involved in the sin. May Allah protect us and save us from these haram actions. By the barakah of being protected from these sins, it will inshallah become easy to remain safe from all other sins. Note the above mentioned actions, that is leaving the beard equal to one fist, and wearing the garments above the ankles, are for men to practice upon. Women on the other hand should practice on the following two actions, in addition to safeguarding the eyes and the hearts, in order to attain the friendship of Allah Ta'ala. Thereafter is the discussion of some aspects which is primarily addressed to women, but the first aspect which is discussed here, shari'i hijab and parda, this applies to both men and women, though in some different manner, women have some specific aspects in addition to what applies to men as well, But the principal aspect applies to both genders. Hijab is a set of rules. It's a set of rules which all parties have to abide by. Part of the rules of hijab, there are some additional rules that apply to women. In terms of how they go to cover themselves, if they have to, out of necessity, emerge from the home, etc. That is an additional rule of hijab that applies to women. But certain principles and laws of hijab apply to everybody, whether it's males or females. Matter of intermingling, looking at the opposite gender, non-mahrams, various other aspects in this regard. So this is also applicable to us, and inshallah we will discuss this as well. La us illa بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم کا طریقہ, the manner of saving oneself from sin from the disobedience of Allāh تعالیٰ فرمایا کہ معصیت سے بچنے کا طریقہ یہ कि کہ اول حمد خود کرے اور اس کے ساتھ خدا تعالیٰ طلب کرے. the manner of saving oneself from sin number one is to take the courage oneself nothing is achieved without taking the courage to do it people do very very big things in dunya things that people now who don't have that courage they are astounded now how did this person undertake this where he got the courage to start this off such a huge thing it was a five-year project and such big work and so much of cost, way how that person for dunya he had the courage he went ahead and did it he completed it also so a lot of things for dunya we have the courage likewise if a person takes up the courage then allah will open the way for him so one is he has to himself take up the courage then together with that he must beg allah's help so it is also dua that is necessary very essential and then the third thing, or khasane se bi dua karaye. And ask the pious also to make dua for one So there are three things that are required. One is the starting point is nevertheless a person's own courage that he has to take up. Then asking Allah Ta'ala and making dua and asking the pious also to make dua for us. Inshallah gunao se bachne ki zarur himbathogi. InshaAllah, the courage to give up sin will definitely come then dusre in dono there are two wheels to this you can call it the bicycle of this vehicle to get to the point of success there's two wheels to it not one wheel alone The two wheels, one is one's own effort, his courage, and the other is getting people to make dua for him also. One wheel is not enough, meaning that he just wants to ask everybody for dua, which is very good, but he is not prepared to undertake that effort, take up the courage. This is not the procedure by which he will get to his destination. Maasiyat ke ek bari kharabi farmaya ke jis qadar nafarmani hoti jati hai haq taala shaanhu se banda ka taluq ghatta chala jata hai so a very major harm of sin that to the extent that a person gets involved in sin to that extent the taluq with allah taala his link to allah taala decreases so he starts getting distanced from allah taala or is doucere zarar ka mukhtada ye hai, kaagar guna ho per ukubat or sazaka andesha nabihota, tabbi guna nakarna chahiye. I was saying that if we consider the second aspect, we consider this part that the, the link with Allah ta'ala, the bond with Allah ta'ala decreases as a result of sin if there was no other harm of sin, meaning no punishment that a person was warned about, there was no other harm of sin, the only harm was just this, that a person would become distant from Allah Ta'ala, this too was more than enough to keep a mu'min away from sin. A person who has the love of Allah Ta'ala, this alone is too serious a matter, that as a result of sin, he'll become distant from Allah Ta'ala, The taallikud Allah Ta'ala will decrease, that is sufficient to keep him away from haram. Shaitan ka dhoka, one very big deception of shaitan. फरमाया कि दर हकीकत कि शैतान का एक धोखा है कि गुनाह कर लेने से तकाजा कम हो जाएगा क्योंकि इर्दिकाबे मासियत से फिलहाल कुछ देर तो तकाजा कम हो जाएगा मगर इसका असर ये होगा कि आइंदा के लिए मादद या मासियत हो जाएगा और इजाला खुदरत से बाहर हो जाएगा डिसेप्शन शैतान समटाइम्स temptation of sin. So now that temptation is very, very strong. So the person feels that, let me just get done with this. And then it will be, I'll be over with this pressure that I find within myself. And then I'll just stay away from it. So, once this pressure is out of me, then I won't get into this again. But right now, this is now, overwhelming me. So now that is the deception of Shaitan, that by committing that sin, he will now get past it and it won't now bother him again. The reality is that that, for that short term, for the immediate time, he may then feel so called that that pressure has gone, that pressure of the nafs, that temptation that was now bothering him and that pressure now has gone. For that short term, he'll feel this. But what has become the effect of this? Effect of it is, it has deepened the root of the sin. That sin, the roots have gone deeper now. So now when the roots have gone deeper, the first time, if just to understand it by way of an example, that the first time around, the pressure that this temptation caused was like maybe three out of ten. now he didn't make that mujahada and keep calm get involved in some amal get engaged in toba start making muraqaba of moths getting busy in something mubah something permissible going to find some pious company some way or the other to get past this moment it's a wave that doesn't stay where it is either the person gets dropped by the wave Oh, he stands his ground, the wave will pass him. And he'll be fine. But he has to stand his ground. If he doesn't stand his ground, he falls with the wave he'll get washed away with it. But if he stands his ground, he's not going to remain there. That wave can't stand suspended in midair. air. That wave has a duration. That wave will pass. But what is going to keep him firm are all these things. At that time he starts getting deeply engaged in zikr of the heart. Start shouting out from the heart. Not verbally shouting anything. Anybody seeing him won't even know that he is engaged in such a great amal at this moment. That he is shouting out to Allah, just his heart is shouting. Allah! Allah! A person who is in some physical danger, Allah forbid, is about to be hijacked so that time the desperation with which he shouts out for help he doesn't very very casually very in a very very casual manner ask somebody somebody's passing by or somebody he wants to call out to that please look can you see i'm getting hijacked now can you please come to my help and if you don't mind at that time from the depth of his heart and at the highest pitch of his voice and in utter desperation if that person wasn't observing what's going on just the mere manner in which this person will shout out is going to shock that person it's going to grab his attention why because of that desperation so now shaitan is trying to hijack this person and take him away from the path of deen from the closeness of allah ta'ala, trying to steal that wealth of the Noor of Iman. So now with that same desperation from the depth of his heart, starts shouting out to Allah, Ta'ala, repeatedly, Allah, 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 until such time that this wave has passed. And it will pass. This wave can't remain suspended in mud. It will pass. But he has to stand his ground. So, he stood his ground, the wave passed. But now he felt, no, 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 I can't bear this pressure now. So now I'd rather just get it over with. So now he went and committed that sin. So now the first time around, the pressure with which it came was 3 out of 10. But now, maybe an hour will go, a few hours will go, one day will go. But now that will come back with greater pressure. Now it will come at the pressure of 5 out of 10. now he gave in again and he thought now just get done with this the next time it comes with the pressure of 7 out of 10 and then 9 out of 10 now when it was a 3 out of 10 it was comparatively very much easier to get past it that wave was just waist-high now he gave in and gave in now this wave is coming above head height and now it's coming with greater force. So now that was a deception of Shaitan. That is, get it done with. You'll be over with this thing and then all this is over, you won't get back to it. That's the deception of Shaitan to get the person caught up in it. So that the next time it will be even more difficult to now avoid it. And then if this goes on, then the person now wants to get out of it. He says, I just don't know, I'm overwhelmed. Where it started off from? From giving in. then now this requires a very very major operation at that first level some painkillers would have done the job but now the painkiller didn't do the job at the second level maybe an injection might have been sufficient but now he let it pass it got deeper he didn't even go for the injection at that time so now the hospitalization becomes necessary put a drip on but he let that pass also. Now when they finally came, he this is a surgery matter now. Now you're going to have to be in ICU. And before that too, you'll have to undergo surgery. So, that then requires a major effort. And a person submitting himself to somebody's direction and guidance. And there might be some major operations. The major operation might have to be undertaken. Sometimes a person might be told, that for now, for four months, you won't touch the smartphone. Now, if he wants that shifa, he wants that cure, he wants that recovery from the illness, and he says, but I've got work to do, how am I going to sleep in the ICU? And this operation, you want me to take me to theatre, and this operation, and then you say it's a six-week recovery process, and for four weeks I'll be in hospital, three weeks I'll be in hospital, and three weeks still be in bed. But i have to attend to my business, and i have got to attend to my work, and i have to do this and that and the other. The surgeon says, well, carry on. When you collapse, then after that, we'll see them. When you then are brought in unconscious, on a stretcher, and if there's still some hope of treatment, then we'll attend to it then. And if there's no hope of treatment, after that, it's already gone, it's too late, it's over. That time for the physical health, for the physical ailments to be treated and... For the recovery from that then a person says no whatever has to happen has to happen all these things will carry on but if i have to undergo the surgery i have to be hospitalized i have to be lying in that icu for that period of time and then all the costs that will be involved can't afford that cost he'll even borrow money to get it done why because that health is very important that physical health has to be taken care of Whatever now has to be done has to be done. But for our spiritual health, for our spiritual health, now there's so many things that has to be attended to, so we can't undertake that process, we can't undertake that treatment. The end result is obvious what's going to become the end result. That disease is going to become a cancer, and then that cancer is going to then spread. And then now when it has reached fourth-stage cancer, now the person says, "But please now, I'm ready for any treatment." So there is only Allah Ta'ala's Fazal and Karam that sometimes the person then from the fourth stage cancer also recovers. But the norm is that the quicker a person gets past this by getting the treatment, he'll come out of it so easily. And the later a person leaves it, it becomes so much more difficult. Sometimes it just never happens. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. فرمایا کہ اگر نماز،, نماز سنت کے مطابق پر ہو فرمایا کہ اگر نماز سنت کے موافق ہو تو گو اس میں لاکھوں وساویس آئے وہ خدا تعالیٰ کے نزدیک زیادہ پسندیدہ ہے اس نماز سے جو خلاف طریق سنت مسنون پر ہی جائے کیونکہ پہلی نماز اوفق بالسنہ اور دوسری ابعد من السنہ ہے that ensure that that Salah is performed in conformance to the Sunnah. All the postures of Salah, the recitation of the Qur'an Sharif is being done correctly. Whatever is being done is done in conformance to the Sunnah. So therefore we have to learn that and make sure it's done in conformance. A Salah performed in conformance to the Sunnah, then no matter how many Wasawis came in that time, involuntary thoughts, but he didn't engage it. As soon as he realized, he then brought, he didn't deliberately turn his mind to some other thing. Then that salah is far more beloved to Allah Ta'ala than the salah that was against the sunnah procedure, the sunnah manner. Because what is, according to the sunnah, that is beloved to Allah Ta'ala. That is what Allah Ta'ala loves. That is what Allah Ta'ala blessed Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam The sunnah is Allah Ta'ala, what he is pleased with most, that is what he granted the Sallallahu so the way of Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam this is what will bring the pleasure of Allah taala wa